Radio listeners, this is Rayleigh Miller with another episode of Encourage Radio, and we are in the teen era of Encourage Radio. And if you know anything about teens, especially right now, they're all about their eras, what era they're in. Yes. Mm. And so for us, wow. we're talking about like, okay, we've done babies, we have done adulthood, but right now we are in our teen era with the title, Help, I Cannot Control My Teenager. Woo. So, Pastor Ron is in the house as always with Hello. his lovely life, Raina, and my husband, Jacob Miller. So, hey, hey. the four of us are here to talk about one thing. Help, I can't control my teenager. But, wow. But we, we got to know, Pastor Ron, what is the one takeaway that you would give from this episode for those families listening around the radio? Okay, I'm going to give you the takeaway. And as always, um, I've said it before, Raina was absolutely best in the teen years. And so I'm going to give you the takeaway, just sort of um, some pointers as well. Let me just go ahead and share this with you so you know exactly where we're headed and what you're going to get from this. So help, I cannot control my teenager. Here is today's takeaway. You cannot control your teenager. You can only control you. There we go. That's mm. it. Okay. So help, I want to control them. Well, you really can't. And Lord knows we've tried, um, you know, to if you will, quote unquote, control our girls. You know what I mean by that. Like clean your room, do this or that. Uh, but they really are their own individual. Go back to episode, I don't know what it was, seven is sort of when we started the teenage years and go back and really listen to that one. Uh, that has some pointers. Now, what do we mean by that? Uh, we're going to go over what you can control. Yep. We're going to go over what your teen can control. And we're going to help you in these areas. I mean, let me give you these three words. Um, and then we're going to get the wisdom from around the room. Uh, you, here's how you help them. You help them by modeling, by motivating, and by mobilizing. Man, I'm excited to dig into this. It's going to be good stuff. All so right. let's start from the top. You okay. said, okay, the whole episode is on, I want to control my teenager. Yeah. But the first step to realizing, okay, I want to control my teenager is you cannot control your teenager. Right. So really, let's get to the root of that question. Yeah. Help. I want to control what is it that you're trying to set up and what can you do in order to achieve not really the desires of your heart, meaning in this case control, but the heart of your desire, that thing you're really trying mm. to go after at the end of the day. Mm. Okay, so I, I remember early on, uh, we taught you guys, you know, sign language, like, you know, stop, no, and some other things from across the room. If, if we couldn't reach you, we would give little hand signals. So there 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 is a, uh, a time in the age of a child when like, no, or stop, or come over here. I hate to say this, but so many others in, in the parenting world say this, where there there is a moment where training your children is a lot like training Pets. It is. Mm. You know what it I mean? Is. So it's it's repetition, it's consistency, um, it's learning tone of voice. But when they get to the teenage years, um, a lot of that stops. Like you just can't look at your child and yell, stop. Yeah. Unless they're about to step into the you know road. And, and there are certain instances, you know what I mean. Uh, and so when you're asking the question, what is it I need to control? We started early on and we learned, I think, from growing kids God's way, that timeout was effective, but not really. And But the, the effectiveness of timeout 
and I think maybe this answers your question, really. The effectiveness of timeout was Raina would always tell them, um, you will get out when I see a change of heart. Yep. Mm. Yes, it had nothing to do with time, five minutes, three minutes, whatever it yes. might be. It was when an attitude change occurred. Right. Now, that was key to planting um, towards the teenage years. Yes. Mm. So here's what I mean by that. Here's what your teen controls, okay? And you know this, uh, mom and dad, and you're listening, you're going, oh, yeah, they're fully in control of that. Here's what your teen controls. They control attitude, mm -hmm. their attitude. They control their emotions, their behavior, their language, and their thought life. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, obviously, you want them to. Like, you want them to be able to control that. Remember, the three goals of parenting is, is um, first of all, God control. I mean, uh, uh, parent control, self-control, God control. Right. Right? So there is that stage before they get to full God control that they have to be able to control themselves. Yeah. So you're teaching them the attitude of the heart. You're teaching them that here's what you're in charge of. Mm -hmm. You're in charge of attitude, emotions, behavior, language, thought life. Now, mom and dad... Here's what you control, your attitude, mm -hmm. your emotions, your behavior, mm -hmm. your language, your thought life. Yep. That's good. Now, yeah, for, for a while there, I can maybe change the behavior of my child at a certain age by snapping my fingers or by saying no or by clapping. You know, I, I can change if for a moment the behavior, like I need you to stop doing that, stop acting, need you to come over here, pick up your fork, whatever. But that really doesn't change the heart. Mm. Right. It changed the behavior for a moment, but it's in teaching them why you're doing that. So I may have changed the behavior for just a moment, but ultimately what I want them to do is be independent of me saying stop, right? right. I mean, it will look kind of goofy to always hold hands with your 16-year-old and letting them know when they can cross the street. Yeah. Exactly. You, you get the simplicity of that, right? And so, Raina, I mean, your, your thoughts on this, um, like you were really good um, at teaching our girls to sort of own their emotions. And I think it was in episode seven, we even talked about how you taught them how to read conversation from others, watching how others are responding. And that moment when, you know, you and Ray looked at each other like, yeah, what she said and how she said it like really wasn't um, appropriate. Your thoughts on, um, you, you can't really control your teenager. You can only control yourself. How does that affect the control of a teenager? Well, if we're going in with our attitude, say if we're not checking our attitude before we go into a situation and we just respond, mm. um, we're already kind of on the losing track right there right. because we're not teaching them how to check their attitude before they respond. Right. So many times we're reactionary, maybe out of fear, maybe yeah. out of what is happening and it's out of our control. Right. But we have to be able to be so God-controlled to kind of take a deep breath on the inside without that reactionary on the outside, like, what did you do? I think you just said it. I, don't, I, don't, I really don't want to interrupt you, but I don't want to get far from that because you really just said it. You just said that there's the fear of it's going to be out of control. Mm. Yes, very much so. And so, and and we want to do whatever we can to keep things within our parameter. And we don't right. realize that we are growing our children into adults. Mm. Yeah. So we have to allow and 
to know and have the discernment because we're we're checking our attitude first with Christ. Okay, Lord, help me to respond the way you would want me to respond. Help me to have the wisdom that I need to. So whenever I, I see this, they do this or whatever, that I'm able to stop and listen yeah. and be able to respond with wisdom right? and to know like, okay, I'm not just going to react here. I'm going to go, okay, so what happened? Yeah. Tell me how you got there. Yeah. Right. How were you processing? Mm. And it doesn't allow your team to automatically be on the defensive because right. you're validating what they're saying. Mm-hmm. You're trying to find out how did they go through that thought process in the first place. They're you're you're helping them learn how to reevaluate evaluate their thought process. Right. And then you're able to speak into them with wisdom on right. you know what? As far as attitude goes, this isn't quite you know, the right way for us to handle that particular situation. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. And it's like, I think one of the things that I've noticed is there's like two different responses. Sometimes when it comes to as a parent controlling what you can control, yeah. one, the purpose is to model it, of course, yes. like to actually demonstrate it as a copy paste of, okay, this is the behavior I'd want you to do. Yeah. But then the opposite is also true. Sometimes when parents respond negatively, it's not that their child is going to go and also repeat the negative behavior. It just means that their child might turn away because they know you're going to respond negatively. Yes, oh, very yeah. much. Does so. that make sense? Oh, so it's 100%. like sometimes it's not like they're going to go themselves and say, "Oh, mom kicked the cat. I'll kick the cat." That is fifty percent of sometimes how they respond. The other side of it is, "Oh, I know mom is going to go kick the cat, and so because of that, I'm going to shut down, turn away, mm-hmm. run the other direction, find someone else for help because oh, of that behavior." That, that's really yes. good. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Because you're either going to see the copy or you're going to see the rejection. It's right. one of the two. So mm. that's why it's so important to know how you're going to respond because yes. they might not know that you're a safe person to decompress with. Right. They might not know that, "Oh, I'm not going to go to my dad in order to talk about this because he responds this way." Right. right. That's that's part of it. But then on the other side, as I'm thinking through this is I know that when we've talked about the teen years, we talk about how it is this stage of inferiority. Yeah. It is this stage of just so much emotion. And we know that that's the the, the set of the scene that we're walking into. Hmm. But knowing that the only wins that they're going to get under their belt is experience. Right. Oh, yeah. The only thing that's going to give them the confidence in inferiority is going out and trying it themselves and yeah. then taking a step back. And home yes. needs to be that place where, where they have yes. attitude failures, where they yes. have behavior failures. Hmm. Um, so they can learn from that. And Raina, you hit it so well, um, speaking about like, we feel like it's going to get out of control. So I, I need to take control. Let me just once again remind us, you really cannot control you cannot control someone else. Now, you might for a while, but eventually they're going to rebel. So what we call the rebellious years is really when parents do try to control an adolescent yes. child. They put too many restrictions on them. And anybody that was used to running wild, um, now all of them are not even necessarily running wild, but someone that's used to having 100 yards of space, and now they're confined to 50 yards of space, the natural tendency is to want to break out. We call that rebellion, and it, it is, but it's really the parents... I'm sort of trying to control. So let me let me remind us of something here. So the Bible tells us in Proverbs 22 that to train up a child in the way he should go, the way, obviously, you know, we sort of get this idea of a bend. Now, I'm not a craftsman or an artisan um, per se, but my dad was a stonemason. And so I was learning the trade. I wasn't the best at at uh, hanging the stone and, and doing the chinking and all of that and just being able to see the design. So I was the guy that either ran the, the mortar mix buckets up and down the scaffolds, or if they got behind, I would split the stone. 
if if I tried to force the stone, yeah, there you go, to go against its natural grain, like I lost a valuable stone. Yeah. Mm. And so my dad would sit there in the truck and he was like, I know this seems tedious. Like you're in the back of the truck and you're just sitting here on this five gallon bucket and you're splitting rocks. But he goes, notice this rock. It it already has, it's already telling you which way it wants to go. Like you find that grain and he goes, even if somebody from the wall shouts down and says, I need a piece like this and that, don't try to force it or you'll break it. Yeah. That's teenagers. Yes. You really can't control them. And the more you do try to control attitude, emotions, behavior, language, thought, life, you might wreck some of it. Yeah. Now, parents are going to make mistakes. Uh, I mean, so many times I, I think I came in and maybe reassessed the situation that, that came in, and I came in like dad, and I was like, all right, let's get this under control. You know, and the kids were like, dad, we actually weren't talking about that. And I was like, all right, let's. Not get that. Oh, under you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because um, I'm very, very protective of mom. I'm very protective of the home environment. And of course, there are times you walk in and you just, you know, see discussions that are happening. And I'm like, oh, I need to step in. And I didn't need to step in. Um, you know, so my point is parents are going to make mistakes. Yeah. Right. And, but my back to that point, they're, they're, home is that place where you can afford to like uh, miss strike uh, the stone, if you will, for that moment and go, oh, okay, I need to pull back because the vein doesn't want to go that way. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's once again, let me just remind you, your child has a bend. Raina said you're forming them to become adults and you can't control them. And make them force them. Your job is to shape. Your job is to is to mold. So how do you do that? Rayleigh, you already mentioned one of the words, and one of the words is is model. Yes. Right? We started there. So let's go back to that. So again, what do you model? Well, you model what you control. Mm. The only thing you can control, again, attitude, emotions, behavior, language, you have to model that. Oh, yeah. um, for them. And, and so I'm still studying this. I don't know if I want to throw this out there or not, but I was meeting with someone at um, a doctor's office the other day, and they actually said so. Um, they they said this, and so I'm, I'm sure there's somebody listening that's really scientific that might help qualify or shut down, whatever. But they said there are certain sicknesses that are imprinted in your DNA. And I'm like, what does that mean? And they were like, so for instance, if there's ever a trauma, if there's ever a shock, like they say in a car wreck, or something like that, and something comes from that. Think that makes an imprint, sort of in that moment, that's coded in you, and that's actually genetically passed down. So, like, mm-hmm. if you respond trauma a certain way, if you respond that, she said, we can literally track that back. And I'm like, wow, really? Wow. I mean, so that you know, so to your point, my point is right. What Rayleigh said earlier, you may not, uh, you may kick the cat, but they may not. But they may not come to you because you're like, whoa, I don't want that response. Mm. Mm -hmm. So your child always sort of um, being reclusive or pulling back may not be a healthy sign. Correct. Right? It may be that you need to pull something out of them at that moment and just ask them. Again, the greatest question I ever heard asked, you know, by a father um, in the marriage conference I shared it was, he would always say to his daughters, I love you, I love you, I love you. And one day, remember, the one daughter didn't respond back, and he came back and he says, do you feel loved by me? Yeah. In other words, am I providing an, a modeling environment where where you know how to respond? Your children, even your teens, are born into an ocean of emotion. They're growing up into adults. They've never been here before. I mean, that is just something that still rings in my ears when Raina said it. They've never been here before. Yeah. They've never faced this emotion. They've never faced this attitude. And and the only thing we can do is model it for them. Even sit down with them and say, okay, I know what that feels like. Yeah. Here, I can remember. So, you know, Rayleigh and Jacob, you guys aren't that far removed from the teen years. I mean, yeah. I mean, 
we no longer look at that per se, if you will, because I mean you're married and um, you've got a, a young son, mm-hmm. um, so we no longer look at you and go, oh, "I remember when you were a teenager." I mean, we do. But what are your thoughts like from the teen years? Any thoughts on that? Like things that obviously Rayleigh, you saw us do, or maybe other parents, Jacob, your mom, um, on as we're talking about how to the influence of a, of a mom and a dad modeling for you. Since you can't control them, modeling for you, like how to respond. You guys have any thoughts on that? One that sticks with me is there was a season of time where there was just a lot of boy drama around me. Not Mm. necessarily because like I was in the boy drama, but with all of my girlfriends, like everybody was into boy drama. Mm. And I remember we were in the, in the truck, we were riding to school and you were like, when you live long enough, you start to see the same people and the same personalities in different bodies. Yeah. And I can tell you right now that I knew this guy in high school. His name was such and such. And you started to describe these guys that you knew in high school. And I was like, oh, my gosh, because it was it was like the attitude, the behavior, the way that they were treating my friends was all the same. So when Mm -hmm. you stepped back and you told me a story from your perspective Mm -hmm. back from when you were in that age, it was actually Mm -hmm. really helpful, but not just at the level of, yeah, I knew a guy like that, like oh no, I knew a guy like that because I saw this attitude and they treated them this way, like actually painting the full picture That's good. because I needed the context of, oh, okay, I could see that. Okay, I could see that moment and I could play a little bit of a matching game. Mm-hmm. And so that was really helpful. But then another thing that um, when Jacob and I, because when Jake and I started dating when we were 16 and 17. Yeah. Wow. And so one of the things that I had to learn that was a personality difference was when we were processing hard things, I have to talk it out. Jacob needs silence. Mm. And like, do you remember how many times we would be on dates and we were talking about stuff? And like, I had to learn how to be so comfortable Mm. with quiet and just letting him think. It didn't mean that he was like running away or hiding or he didn't want to answer the question. He just needed a second. But that was something that I think built trust between us. Wow was that I wasn't going to insert an answer or a response or an emotion. Like I was strong enough and confident enough to let things just be quiet until he was able to come up with an Boy, answer. Well, that's hard. Yeah. yeah. I remember that was the thing. Cause I, I just how my brain works. It's just like, I need to like stop and reflect for mm. a little bit. It's not like, like when things are happening, I'm like kind of catching up with what you're saying. And then I just need to like think about it for myself. So mm-hmm. it's just difference of how we process. Yeah. And so just knowing your teens bend, knowing the way in which they're going to go, um, maybe you're the quick thinking type. Maybe right. like for you, it is important to always have an answer on your tongue or to have your thoughts together. That right. might not be your teen. Right. Like it's okay. And one of the best ways you can build trust with them is how comfortable you can be in their silence mm. right? and not leave them. Yeah. Right. Like always sticking right there. Well, that brings up, you know, the point is one of the ways you model that is you model that in in, in marriage because every marriage is going to have arguments. And so, you know, uh, mom and I, you know, as hopefully we demonstrated in front of you guys, there are times when you need to be a talking thinker and there are times you need to be a thinking talker. Mm-hmm. You have to switch roles um, and so forth. And so demonstrating in marriage just sort of how that works. It may not be an official lesson yeah. time. Um, it's more or less what they've observed. Here's another one. We gave it to you earlier. It's model. It's also motivate. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many times yeah. we think dealing with teenagers in the teenage life is just diagnosing, assessing, and solving problems. Yeah. Mm. Now think about that for a minute, like diagnosing, assessing, and solving problems. How often do we encourage them? Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, how often do we are we like, you know what? 
I get it. Like that, that, yeah, the drama around boys right now is a real deal. I get it. Some friends are just nasty. I get it. Like it's hard. I get it. Like you, you know, last night, I mean, yesterday at school was this, you didn't sleep a whole lot. I mean, like I understand, like your brain is still trying to catch up to like last year. Yeah. Um, like, but you're doing a good job. Like mm-hmm. when I was your age, I don't think I handled it like that. Like, saying that to them. Yes. One of the things you can do is motivate your teenagers because I can guarantee you this, there's not that many encouragers in their life. No. Right. And just like Raya had shared on the previous podcast, you know, that conversation with your your student, Mm. your teenager may be the only real conversation that they have had all week with a person. Wow. And just realizing that and being able to be on the lookout for those gifts, right. for those opportunities and strength and say, okay, yeah, I know you're having a hard week, but you know what? I have seen you grow so much in this. Right. You know, can you um, kind of take, you know, responsibility for this and not even use the word responsibility? Like, hey, will you partner with me on oh, this and come up with this business plan for me for this or do this admin work for me that they know that is a, a step of trust that mm. you're giving them. Yeah. Like, hey, do you mind going ahead and calling, you know, whatever company for me to do this and this? And they're like, oh, me? And you're like, yeah, yeah you are so good on the phone. You are so personable. I really believe that you can do this. Yeah. And for them to see that you give them that opportunity of leadership, yeah. you give them that opportunity of trust to be right. able to do something that they see being done just above them and being able to verbalize them and give them context of it to say, you know what, I know that you really would one day want to do this, you know, or like, okay, so I'm going to give you this opportunity because I know that's your ultimate goal. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, honestly, and that's right. So we, you know, that's, that's the third one. We blend, you know, we blended right from motivate, right to mobilize. And that's what Raina does the best. So So let me, let me just separate the two for just a moment and then jump into mobilize. So by by actually motivating, like, mom and dad, you have to learn to speak more encouraging yes, words. Yeah. Yes, we're going to get to the point where you give them task and you're like, reframe responsibility, like partner with me. But I mean, okay, so here's what we know. A, a professional uh, a baseball player who reaches Hall of Fame hits .333 or something like that uh, throughout their career. That's just over 30% yeah. of the balls hit. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's just break that down in simple math. of the task your child does on a day, they're probably not going to do that well. Yeah. 70%. Yeah. Yeah. And as parents, we expect it, we we expect to be 100% every day. Yes. So so that means you have to seriously highlight the 20 to 30% that they do. And it may be a small thing. Yes. I mean, it may be so small, like... Wow, thank you for saying thank you, or you know, thank you for putting the plate on the countertop. They may not have made it to the dishwasher, but thank you for putting the counter to, uh, the plate on the counter. You've got to find the little things. Thank you for even asking, like, was the dog fed? Like, I know you probably want the teenager to feed the dog, but at least they ask, has the dog been fed? Like, that's what I mean. Mm. Like, you have to start thinking so small because they need encouragement, 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 encouragement. Yes. They need the motivation. I would say. Like when it comes to encouragement, encourage the expectation, not their experience. Oh, like 
Like okay. it makes a big, big difference whenever you're teaching. And this is in general, but specifically your kiddos, whenever you say like, wow, like I truly believe that like, oh yeah, you could do this. Like the whole, oh, you can do this. You're great on the phone. And it's like their experience, they've probably talked on the phone maybe three times in their whole life. That's but true. you're encouraged, <laughs> you encourage the expectation. Like, yeah, you're great on the phone. Cause then they're going to go into it saying, oh, they believe I'm great on the phone. Right. Or, yeah. oh, like, hey, you could go ahead and order for us online. Oh, I can order for us online. Wow. Or, hey, can you go ahead and do this? Like you encourage the expectation, not at their experience level, because right. they need those wins under their belt. If you really think like live one day in your teenager's shoes and you're going to realize that 90% of their day is people, other people telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. They wake, that is so true. They wake up in the morning. Hey, go ahead and do this. Hey, go ahead and do mm. this. Hey, can you please jump in the car? Hey, go ahead and grab your backpack. Hey, can you go ahead and do this? They get to school. Hey, go ahead and pull out your books. Hey, go ahead and do this. Oh. Next period. Hey, go ahead and grab this. Hey, go ahead and do this. They head to sports. Hey, go ahead and do this. Hey, go ahead and do that. Their whole day has been other people telling them what to do. And so you need, need, need those moments to motivate them and mobilize them. They are at a stage where they want to do something of their own independence, but their whole day is structured around someone else's words. Yes. Of course, they're going to rebel. Of course, they're going to freak out. Of course, they're going to have these moments and expectations. You would. And so I, this is a, if you can't tell, a soapbox for me, please, like your child is far more capable than you give them credit for. Yes, very much so. It doesn't have to be according to your expectation. It doesn't have to be according to your micromanaging. It doesn't have to be according to your way. It's train them in the way that they should go. Understand the standards of the task, of course, but the expectations around it, the nitty gritty, the style that let that belong to them. Let them have a say in it. Right. And so I'm sorry. That was like, I just see it so, no. so, so <laughs> much in students. No, I mean, honestly, there's so much I brag about Raina on, but she is so good at mobilizing. Yes. Um, I mean, that is her, that is her <laughs> thing. I mean, it's amazing. Like as soon as somebody has a baby born, sarcasm coming, as soon as a baby's born at the church, Raina's like, okay, let me just put that little toddler to work right here. Let's just do this. But I mean, <laughs> she's perfect at that. So as an example, I love watching her when she has Benjamin, because I loved watching her when she had you guys. I would come home and you guys are doing this and that and this. And I'm like, when when in the world do they learn that? And she's yeah. like, today. And yes. we're doing this now. And I'm like, what? Right. I love in the hallways with children. You just, it's just natural. As soon as a kid turns the corner, she's like, all right, so and so, so and so, so so, come with me. I need all help right. doing this. That's the signal. That's your signal. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> as soon as you hear the word, all right. Uh, but she's not just like, putting them to work. No. She's no. at the same time speaking life into them like you can and the kids like I, they eat it up. They do. Yeah. They want it. They literally yes, they want it. So I love watching her with Benjamin like I'll come home and and, and or to your house or wherever wherever he's being watched you know by Raina and and I'm like um wait, uh what what do we do with him now? You know, in like yeah. a certain scenario and she's like, "Oh yeah, he's already picking the cup up. Oh yeah, he's doing that." I'm like, "Wait, he's he's um yeah, he's yeah. that. And she's like, oh, yeah, just go ahead and do this. And here's how you do it. I'm like, what in the world? I feel yeah. like that's a spiritual gift of, of Raina's or something. I think so. <laughs> oh, Encouragement, so I mean. Sweet. Well, it's just to see yeah, here we these go. kids that want more. Yes. And they may be pulling back shy. They may not know their next step. Right. And we can give them a hard time, but just letting them know that you believe in them there and it is. being able to point out like, oh my goodness, you were so naturally good at this. Mm. 
hey, can you go ahead and do this and take this clipboard? I need you to manage this. I'm going to be down the hall, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to be right over here. So whenever you're done with that, we'll work on to our next thing. So they're kind of like, I am by myself, one ownership. Yes. Two, they're trusting me while they're parallel working. They're not overseeing me saying, oh, you're not doing this right. Let me hurry up and do that for you. Oh, yeah. No, they're taking that ownership and finishing the task the best that they can. Like, And then whenever you go back to that correction point or redirection point, say, oh, my goodness, you did this and this right. But let's go ahead and look at this. You know, this is a new aspect (laughs) and this is what we need to look for. So it's just always just kind of looking ahead of where you need to be. But so many times we forget that as a parent and we're so busy with our own our own stuff that just like you said hey do this hey do that hold hey do this that we forget that there is a person behind that that is that is taking all that information in for the first time yeah Yeah. sorry i I had something i was just thinking as we're talking but i mean in order to do all these things that we were just talking about you know in order to model it motivate and mobilize i was thinking it goes back to something we talked about in front sight, which was making sure you make the time to have those conversations yeah. and not just make it all surface level and like all yes. the, like, this is what you do. This is what you do. But like, you know, in the car rides and the time cooking together or something like that, yes. inviting them into the process and like hearing their heart. Yeah. I think that could be easily dismissed, be like, you know, go over your head. Be, but that's, I mean, I think the first part. I agree. Yeah, yeah, not just knocking out dinner, not just yeah. knocking out mowing the yard, like invite them in. Yes, We Raina. had a coach here um, this week, and of course, personally, he doesn't have kiddos, but he does have kiddos because he coaches many, many girls. Yeah. And he goes, I see so much time wasted whenever a father is walking a daughter to practice and mm. he has that phone up to his oh, ear. Oh, yeah. He could have been talking to that daughter from the parking lot all the way to the field. Yeah. That was a moment of investment. that he missed. That was powerful when he said that. Yeah. And so it's like, yes, like those many moments add up to something even bigger. Yeah. Yeah. What we could do is I could even like, um, if it's helpful for those listening, uh, like in the 30 seconds you have from the parking lot to the field, here's what a model motivate mobilize looks like modeling would be okay i know you're getting ready to go into practice i remember when i was heading into a practice like this i was a little nervous i was thinking about yeah. what i messed up on the last time but and then you motivate you say but i saw last practice you were really good at this or your coach told me that you really brought it in this area and i believe you're going to do that again so go ahead be the leader that i know that you can be that i know you're growing to be and you're going to step on that field and make mm. it happen Literally, that just took you 30 seconds, but that is all your teenager needed to hear for the whole day in order for you to model, motivate, and mobilize them just in between those two tasks. And that was like rocket fuel physically, emotionally, spiritually. It was like, what in the world? They believe in me? But then it all goes back to... You know, what your team yeah. controls and then go. what you control. That's it. Unless we are in control of our attitude, our emotions, go. our behavior, our language, and our thought life yes. yeah. before we're engaged, yeah. then we can't engage. Yeah. You're not going to think of that. No, yeah. we have not battled up. We don't have tools in our toolbox. Mm-hmm. We don't have everything that we need because there's many times that, you know, parents say, I don't know why my daughter has such a bad attitude or she gets, you know, so offended so easily. Well, do you get offended so easily? 
You know, what is your attitude on how you respond to friends? You know, what is your behavior whenever you respond and you get your feelings hurt? Do you shut down? Well, that's could be a reason why your daughter's shutting down, you yeah. know, or fair, your son be breaking And to be fair, down. there are there are there are some parents that do a really good job of already controlling yes. themselves. They yeah. really do in all those areas. And still they're teenagers. They have to remind themselves. Yes. So here's what I was thinking of as so we wrap this up. You, you remember that moment when you applied for your first job and you didn't get it and what they tell you? Yeah. Like you need more experience. experience. Right? I remember how you felt? Yeah. You're like, well, how am I going to get more experience yes. unless I get this job? That's so You're like, wait, right? That's so blah, blah. That, so your job, like we know a lot of parents that they can, they already do a good job of controlling themselves and have a healthy yes. marriage and mm-hmm. so forth. But that's still, they have to help their child get that experience yes. yeah, very much they so. need before they ever get the job yeah. of being adult. So maybe the title of this as we end it was uh, should be instead of help I cannot control my teenager it's like help me control myself as a reminder so I can help my child learn how to develop themselves mm. yeah really long myself. title that probably wouldn't sit well no. but that's <laughs> what we talked about yeah it really is but you know what guys like all of this goes back to if you if you didn't grasp that is you're like how in the world am I going to do all this just rely on Jesus yeah like Oh, it sounds so simple. And this yeah. is like, I love, I love this part of Jacob, but it also makes me frustrated. This is the stuff that he hits me with whenever I'm at my worst. <laughs> He's like, Rayleigh, are you depending on Jesus? And I'm like, mm. here's the thing. I really wanted like a really big answer. And like, you took me through this Bible study and all this other stuff, but not, nah, he just hit me with the solid truth. Right. Whenever you're walking through these moments of how do I do this with my teen? I feel like I'm doing it myself. I don't know if I'm doing it right. The whole thing on control is remembering who really is in yeah, control. That's yeah. it. And in that moment, before you step into any of these steps, remember who's in control. Right. And he's going to give you the peace to see the strategy that you need to step into in front of you. He is the authority in your life and needs to be the authority in their life. And absolutely, the more you surrender to him, it helps you surrender to the process you are involved in with your teenager. Wow, we hope this helps you guys, no matter where you find yourself, driving home to SeaWorld, um, in a car line, <laughs> shopping for groceries, getting ready to go to bed, yeah. whatever it is, we continue to pray blessings of protection and provision and wisdom uh, and grace over you, your marriage, your household, your kiddos. We pray blessing over you. God bless. Thanks for listening to Encourage Radio. Woo-hoo. Pray you're encouraged. Bye. See ya.